Tired. The Nuggets have lost five of seven. Wired. The Nuggets have won two of three. And they look like themselves again. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us wherever you are joining us on whatever platform, whether it's on YouTube, where you can join the show and join in the comment section. Folks like the Serial Troll, glad to have him on board. 55555-ish. Jeff Morton is in the house, King of Horton. Uh, damn it, Bobby. Carlos Romero, lots of folks hanging out with us in the chat. Or if you're listening to us on podcast, Spotify, we're available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Going with you solo tonight. Uh, Adam Mara's is off until Tuesday. He has other stuff going on. I'm under the weather. So I am not feeling awesome, but I'm going to power through because that's how much I love you, the good people of Locked On Nuggets. And if you, for Adam, well, go yell at Hellman. You can hit him up on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares and catch the DMVR pre and post game show before every Nuggets game. It's a great time over there. Uh, if you're curious tonight, if you're watching on YouTube and you're wondering what this brown bottle, it is root beer. I am not uh, getting sauced on air as I do not feel well. Otherwise, you know, it, it would be in play. On today's show, we're going to talk about the loss of the Knicks, the win versus the Nets. They've won two out of three. They look like themselves again. We'll talk about the bench. We'll talk about Zignaji. We'll talk about Michael Moore Jr. Lots of stuff to get to. Let's start here, because the big picture takeaway from the weekend is this. The Nuggets look like themselves again. Um, if the Nuggets had not lo- gone on that four-game losing streak, then the loss to the Knicks doesn't look as bad. Because really... Adam and I were texting after that game. That was like a normal loss. Like the loss to the Knicks was like a normal loss. They played well at spurts. They played badly in spurts. They dug a hole. They got back out of it. Like it was a normal loss. They couldn't hit shots late. It was mostly like a shooting thing where they just couldn't hit shots late in the game. And Ryan Blackburn's kind of tweeted about their three-point shooting normalizing. Um, They just really couldn't get it done. They got killed on the glass, which is to be expected. You know, Mitch Robinson is a beast. Isaiah Hartenstein is a beast. But then there were stretches of that game where they looked like themselves. It was like, oh, hey, like, that's the Nuggets. Like, really, the second half of the Detroit game is kind of where it turned. And that's when they started to kind of look like themselves again. And they looked like themselves for most of that Knicks game. And if you want to say, like, yeah, but the first or yeah, but the fourth. If we go back to the early part of the season, you would see the same thing where the issue is that the Nuggets wouldn't put together these four quarter games until they really got into that stretch between December and January. That was really when they started playing like four quarters of really sustained good basketball. This was more of like who, you know, the good parts of who they were early. The four game losing streak was like the bad parts of the early part of the season. This was more of the good parts of it. And so that Knicks game really wasn't necessarily like, this big deal. Um, the next game, I think was, a, there was a little bit of an overreaction to it. Um, especially I want to kind of like dispel some myths because I think oftentimes my approach to things is this, that 
you use your eyes and you watch the game and you have observations and opinions from watching basketball, which most of you have watched for the majority of your life. And then you have the data and the data is like, I don't have any sort of biases. I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't have any context, right? I'm not able to, the numbers can't contextualize them on their own, but we are what we are. And like an interesting thing in the, in the, uh, in the, in the kind of like the dissection of the Knicks game was about like the rebounding, like the bench couldn't rebound. And like, if you look at it, the bench did a better job rebounding than the starters did. I was like, the bench just, well, that's just because the bench just gave up all these points. The bench had a better defensive rating. The bench couldn't score in the next game. Like that was the actual problem. If you, if you get past all of our preconceived notions, like that's what happened. That said, we'll talk about in the second segment why I'm elated to find that Malone is going towards the lineups that everyone in media, everyone in Nuggets Twitter, everyone that's a Nuggets fan kind of has been clamming for all season. Zeke Naji returned to the lineup in the Nets game. And the Nets game was like way more of them looking like themselves. They came out in that game and I, I didn't think they were going to win that game. Because I was like, that's a team that hustles. That's a team that plays hard. They're all switchable. They have all these, like, all the reasons why the Nets beat them back in Denver. I was like, what's different? How do I, how do I believe the Nuggets are going to lock in and play better? But they did. Like, they just locked in. They played really good. Now, I'll say this. Like, the Nets missed a ton of shots in this game. Like, the Nets just, if we're going to be real, you know, the, the Nets really did miss a bunch of shots in this game. Um, they were 12 of 35 from three-point range. Uh, the Nuggets wound up 12 to 23 from three point range for 52%. So lower volume, but more efficiency. Uh, they shot real, the lights out early, especially Jamal. Jamal in that first quarter set the tone for the Nuggets in that first quarter. And MPJ carried it through through all four quarters with another phenomenal performance. Uh, in the win versus the Nets, MPJ finishes with 28 points on 10 of 18 from the field, five of nine from three, nine boards. First time in a while, I feel like he's grabbed that many rebounds, plus 11. Joker puts in the casual 22, 17, and 10. You know, no big deal, along with two steals, nine of 12 from the field. Um, no three-pointers, notably, from Jokic in this game. Jamal chipped in 25 on nine of 19, four of four from three, and eight assists again. Again, Jamal's passing continues to take leaps and bounds forward. So there's kind of like all of these like really good things. The Nets look like themselves in the Nets game and really for much, much of the Knicks game. So that's like a real positive. They haven't completely forgotten how to be themselves. They haven't completely forgotten how to be the team that they really want to become. Um, there's like conversations about what level Jokic is at. Like Jokic is not giving you hundred percent right now. I don't think he needs to. He shouldn't have to. I want to be very clear on this. You, you don't get MPJ and Jamal Murray back and have a starting lineup with $500 million in it. And Jokic still has to carry you. That should not be how this is. Right. And these games, game six of a playoff series. Sure. hundred percent. But, uh, in this context, no. And so, who knows if the Nuggets will be able to like sustain this across the coming games, right? They, you know, they got this game versus the Wizards, the last game of a road trip. It's tough, always the last game of the road trip. Their first game back at home is the Bucks and then the Sixers and then the Pelicans, who they've had trouble with throughout the years for a variety of reasons. Um, then they're at the Suns and then they got the Warriors. They're at home, so Golden State will be severely limited. Um, but it's still a really good team. Right. So like there's still games coming up that are going to be really tough, but I think, 
I described the, the the Pistons win as like you can get off the ledge. That this one is like okay, not only can you get off the ledge, but you can feel like we can turn this thing around. They're turning it around. They hit rock bottom, and then they've kind of started to get their stuff together. They put themselves back together, which is what needed to happen. Uh, on the other side, I want to talk about the bench. We'll talk about Zeke Naji. We'll talk about the impact that he brought on this game. Christian Brown, this new look lineup. Uh, I have a surprising stat that most of you probably will not like that we'll talk about here in a minute. But first, I need to tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's absolutely phenomenal. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. You can get in on the tournament. You can do props for the tournament. How about that? How wild is that? You can get in on WNBA, which starts next month. Let's go Liberty. Very big on the Liberty this year. Um, you can get in on NHL. The Avs are starting to turn it around, baby. Avs are flipping the switch, I think. My wife doesn't think so, but I think so. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com and you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. If you put in 100, they'll give you 100. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. All right, back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Um, I am really tempted to be like a little bit of a, of a downer here because everyone's very excited about the bench. And I think it's very interesting. Okay. Um, does the bench look better with Zeke Naji in it today? It did. It did definitely look better. I think most of that is a product of playing the Nets specifically. And we talked about this when they played the Nets previously, that it would have been nice to have Zeke for the switch all ability. Like Zeke's a tool in the toolbox. When people go wrong is when thinking that, that Zeke is a fix-all. When Christian Brown is a fix-all, that is not accurate. And like a good point of like this is, as far as this goes, um, many people will tell you that single game plus minus is completely useless. doesn't tell you anything. Okay, It tells you what it tells you, which is did you win or did you lose the minutes when you were on the floor, which adds core is all that really matters. Like if we get past everything else, it's like, did you win or lose? Did you, did you, how much did you win? Did, did you win by? Right. Because like Nikola Jokic is awesome. And when he's on the floor, they won by 13 points because he's awesome. And that pretty well translates. And there are certainly nights when these things are, are strange. Did you guys know that Zeke Naji was a minus seven in this game? Now, do I think that Zeke Naji was like the reason they were minus seven? No, not at all. Absolutely not. I thought Zeke played great. Zeke had five boards. That's more than I thought Zeke Naji might ever grab in a, re in a game this year. That's phenomenal, right? Especially when everyone keeps barking about the bench's rebounding. I think it's really great to find that, like, Zeke had a really good rebounding game versus the small ball lineup. I'll be curious to see what happens if he gets minutes versus the Bucks, or if he gets minutes versus the Sixers, or if he gets minutes versus e even with those bench units, or if he gets minutes versus even the Pelicans. But like Jackson Hayes, right? Or like the, the bench units that Herb Jones, they sometimes run at five. Like, I'll be really curious about that. 
Um, you know, Christian, it, this is like another good example where it's like Christian does all these things. And if Christian does anything, there's just like a whole lot of enthusiasm about that. Like Christian tonight played 11 minutes. Okay. Like 11 minutes was a minus two. Okay. Two rebounds and a, a steal and a block, right? Two assists, a steal and a block, right? Um, my point with all this is less about whether or not these guys are good or whether they're better than the other options, because I think we can all agree they are, right? It's about whether or not they're a fix-all. That's the real question here. And the fix-all can depend on how you kind of view it. Like the, the idea is that like, if I asked you most like Nuggets fans today, like, what do you think Zignaji was? How much did they win by? Oh, they probably were like a plus seven. He was amazing. Well, they were actually minus seven because like, for whatever reason, that bench unit cannot get above zero. Can't do it. And if you want to blame Bruce Brown, I don't blame you. Cause I think Bruce Brown's been a pretty big disappointment on the overall this season. I think Bruce shot really well to start the year and that's cooled off. I think Bruce has proven that he can't guard big wings and that's a problem. I think Bruce has struggled in terms of running that second unit so that you have to have what they feel like they need Jamal on there. And those lineups haven't been good. Hurricane says, is minus seven really that bad in, Yo- in non-Jokic minutes? If it's Jeff Green, it is. So this is my point. If Jeff Green's a minus seven, we're talking about how bad it is. If Thomas Bryant's a minus seven, we're talking about how bad it is. If Zeke Nagy's a minus seven, we're like, is it really that bad? And this is my only point. It's not about who should play and who should not, because I do believe that Zeke should play in certain matchups. And I do believe that Christian Brown should play regardless of matchup. And I do believe that those guys overall give you an impact. And I do think Vlaco should play over Jeff. I've been on this pretty consistently since November that I, I don't know that Jeff gives you what you need every night. I think Jeff's actually played really well over the last week. I think Jeff's actually been one of the guys that's given really good effort over the last week. Um, Hurricane says Jeff plays with Jokic some. That's true. Um, but I also say this, like Christian plays with Jokic some and nobody ever mentions that. Like you got to be real specific about when we mention the Jokic and non-Jokic minutes. Like whenever Jamal's a negative, he's only a negative in the minutes he doesn't play with Joker. Right. So is that fair? Is that, is it, should he be the one to bring the stuff up there? Um, Zeke has never has coinciding minutes with Jokic. Maybe, maybe. But I'll just say this, like, you're not looking for a minus seven in the non-Jokic minutes. You're looking for something that's under five. That's like the goal. So, like, they're still a little bit short there. Because a lot of this is everybody else that looks a little bit better. Um, looks a little bit better. Corey, are you sure? Corey says, Matt, are you sure people were arguing Zeke and Braun would bring the bench to a net positive? That sounds like a straw man argument. I'm just telling you based off of how much people acted like it was vital that those guys play. Like, the conversation was like, they gotta play. All these guys are going this bench, you're just trying to get through it. And really, it's probably going to be a matchup thing series by series when we get in the playoffs. If you play a big, if you play a, a very big team, I'm not sure you want Zeke out there. If you play a Clippers team that likes to go small for a lot of their minutes, but now has Mason Plumley, I don't know. Can Zeke Naji go 20 minutes versus Mason? I don't know. And again, like what I think this is, is really we're just talking about, um, they still, my bigger thing here is that they still haven't fought, solved this problem. And part of this, I will say that I, I still believe it's because they haven't gone to Bruce, KCP, Brown, Vlaco, and I guess Zeke. Um, the final thing I'll say on Zeke is Zeke gave them really good minutes. Zeke played really well. The biggest problem with Zeke is he doesn't stay healthy. This is like at its core, this is the biggest problem. It's like every time Zeke has gotten minutes, he gets hurt and he goes out again. This has been two seasons now where this has been the case. 
Um, and that's not something that Zeke gets to control. Like Zeke's not choosing to get hurt. But if he's going to be the guy that you could, like, if you're going to be, if you're going to need to rely on Zeke for good minutes, he's got to be reliable. He's got to be a guy that is available. That availability is the biggest skill, right? And so that's part of it. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think, um, I do think that you can play Zeke and Vlaco at four or five. I do think you can get away with that. Um, a lot of people want to see MPJ with the bench at the four spot. I get that. Especially with how MPJ is playing. Uh, I will talk about MPJ in the final segment, but I also want to stress this, that I think you need to be real cautious. I don't feel like people are aware. Look, Malone benching him is a different, like that's a, a different thing. And we talked about that last week. Right. But when we're talking about the minutes that, that the MPJ plays, you guys need to go back and see how many games he's played and how many minutes he's played. Okay. This guy has so much baggage from a physical standpoint that I think that it's better for them to be hyper cautious with his minutes, because if you're going to need to go 40 with him in the playoffs, he needs to be in the best shape possible. Like, I don't know that you want to be, be playing MPJ these heavy minutes right now with the playoffs two weeks from now. You want to be have him an opportunity to go long then. And I don't think that he needs to ramp up to be like normalized into playing those minutes. I think you need to avoid the stress on him now. And that's not based off of like science. I'm not, not a doctor, right? Not a trainer. But I do think that some of this is important to contextualize and if you want to say, then why is Jamal playing 40? It's a good question. And I don't think that Jamal should be playing 40. I also wonder how much of that is like Jamal's injury history, though, versus MPJ. Jamal had one significant injury that took a year for him to recover from. That's a pretty standard, normal procedure in the NBA. MPJ's had multiple back surgeries. Those are, they are, they are not the same. So I think you got to be. Uh, a little bit careful with MPJ and not be all like, he's playing so well, playing, 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 playing. I get it. But like you want MPJ to give you 38 per night in the first and second round and then the conference finals and the finals. That's, that's where you want him available. A um, couple other notes that I, I kind of jotted down today. Uh, another kind of so-so Aaron Gordon game. I still think that he could probably use some time off with the rib. Um, didn't think the decision-making was necessarily all that great. Oh, of three today for Aaron Gordon from three. That's also like, just make a little, little bit of a note of it. We'll see if he hits one next game, but if he, if his game starts to devolve that way, it's going to be pretty rough. Uh, Jeff was one of six today from the field, one of two from three. He has been hitting three pointers though. And that's been a big lift to the bench unit. Um, Christian just makes a, like a lot of plays. Christian doesn't even make plays that necessarily show up in the box score. So when I listed his box score, it's mostly a matter of, if Christian's going to be a, an all impact guy, you're going to need guys that do actually provide a little bit of production. You got to have both, right? You got to have, cause that was a problem in the next game is you can have impact, but if you don't have production, it doesn't wind up mattering. Um, I don't think necessarily that Malone knows who's in and out of the bench. I think he tried this today and I think he liked it. Whenever a team, whenever a lineup wins, Malone is obviously, predictably way more likely to use it going forward. And I do think it's notable that Reggie only played five minutes today. Thomas Bryant did not play. He was out of the rotation, you know, need, no DJ, no ish. Didn't, didn't pull that rip cord. Um, I'm not sure that Thomas Bryant has no role on this team. I actually kind of think that you should try and find some minutes for Thomas Bryant and Zeke. And I know that's a lot of guys that fit into a rotation. This is something that I don't think Malone's ever going to agree on. Cause Malone's going to be like, yeah, I have your nine, nine guys for playoff rotation. 
this bench is so bad. You should mix match as much as possible and see what works. Like play something for a little bit. And if it works, keep playing it. And the minute that it doesn't work, you should go to something else. Like you should be hyper reactive with the bench because you're just trying to get through the eight minutes without Jokic per game. That's it. You know? Um, oof. Gordon, 17% per Blackburn from three since Allstate. Mm. Okay. Um, so anyway, the bench, I think, is in a better place. I think it's worth giving, giving Zeke a run here, you know, because Thomas Bryant hasn't earned, hasn't done anything to earn otherwise. They brought in Thomas Bryant to be a difference maker. Thomas Bryant was upset he wasn't playing enough on the Lakers and he hasn't done anything. And as much as I think a lot of that is because that second unit can't run anything. Um, and this is like a point of contention, I think with the media, which is a lot of folks feel that that's a spacing issue that if you put MPJ at the four. Now you have the spacing and pick and roll will work. And I'm just like, that unit does not run pick and roll. Well, that's my opinion is like, I just don't think that unit runs pick and roll. Well, I honestly think a lot of this is that Jamal has been playing pick and roll with Nikola Jokic for so long that he's forgotten how to play pick and roll with anybody else. And that's a little bit of an issue. Like I wonder how much of the bench is being an issue across three different seasons with so many different lineups, how much of this just gets into the simple fact of all these guys know how to play with Joker. And so they're unaccustomed to playing without him. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about MPJ a little bit more and about the fantastic games that he's been giving lately, what that means for the playoffs and more. But first, I need to tell you about the Nissan Aria and the most electric player of the week. Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It's MPJ. Um, He's been absolutely lights out. He's given them so much. He's shooting. He's hitting stuff off the bounce. He's attacking. Uh, The rebounds are great. He's been the the guy that's really electrified Nuggets fans, and and everybody's really in this corner right now. Uh, So... For me, as you know, the best representation of the Nissan Aria, you know, brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant with that jump shot, stunningly powerful with those dunks that he's able to throw down, elegantly powerful. I think that's a good move. He's very elegant in his game. He has a very well-rounded, elegant game uh, for the most part, and he's definitely electric. That's got to be Michael Porter Jr. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power, premium intelligence, all-in-one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. We're also brought to you today by Built Bar. It's that time. The Built Bar March Madness Brackets here. We know you have a favorite buff bar or puff, and now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. To vote for your favorites. You know that I'll be voting for the churro. I always come on here and I cape, I stand for that churro bar. And if you want yours to win, you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built built the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. You won't even think that they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. Vote for churro and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets.
Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets for Monday. Thanks for joining us and being part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore, Adam Mars is off the next couple of days. What's up, MPJ? Um, you know what's funny? I've actually had more complaints about MPJ whenever I've like the anecdotal stuff I've watched, and this is going to sound like really annoying because he's been lighting it up. The offensive stuff has been amazing. He's been terrific. He's been sensational. He's been electric. He's been phenomenal. Like he's playing with such confidence right now on the offensive end. And he looks more in, in, in touch and in tune with what he's trying to do. Um, I will say that some of the stuff that has popped up with MPJ, as far as an off ball defender started to make a little bit of a comeback. The biggest concern with MPJ defensively is going to be the pick and roll situation with teams targeting him. I'm less worried about that than I ever have been. I think if they play the Suns, he'll do much better on Chris Paul. I think uh, if they play the Lakers, he'll do well. If D'Angelo Russell tries to target him or LeBron, I think he brings size and physicality and power. He's big and he's physical. Um, But I also think that he's... I've noticed a couple of situations where he started to be a little bit late on rotations. I've noticed a couple of situations where he's gotten caught on drives. One of the big reasons why Joker keeps getting put in these bad situations where there's drop-offs to Nick Claxton or Mitchell Robinson or Isaiah Hartenstein or a Yaka Pirtle um, is because the perimeter penetration has been bad. And I want to be clear, MPJ is like not the only offender on this. He's not even the worst one. But those are just things that I've kind of noticed as far as as he's taken this offensive step forward, I've noticed those things start to lax a little. What's meaningful about that is that as MPJ takes on a bigger offensive role in his career, the biggest struggle that a lot of players have is finding the balance between how to balance the effort they give on offense and defense. I talked to Kevin Durant about this once, and he said it takes really a long time for you to learn how to manage your endurance to be able to be a guy that puts up 30 a night and isn't a liability on defense because it takes so much. You get through that position and you're so, you know, you've just accomplished something offensively and you feel good, but then you got to turn around immediately and you got to stay locked in. Um, so I think that that's uh, something to, to watch here. Robert Rodarte says, eh, everyone's been piss poor for two weeks. That's fine. Um, just pointing that out. Um, oh, CT's in here. So we got the. Young guys should play 48 minutes, guy. Teams have been targeting Maul more than MPJ lately. So you're right in that they're targeting Jamal more on ball. Okay, so like that's the, the difference here is that teams, as far as they're picking out, if they're switching, they're going at Jamal. You saw that in the Knicks game where like Julius Randle gets matched up against him. The Nuggets have a high level of confidence in Jamal as a post defender, and they should. But the problem is like there are limitations. If you're facing anybody that's actually got touch, that's a problem. If it's a bully that doesn't have post moves, Jamal can hold his own. That's one of the things that the Rockets were really smart with with James Harden is like James Harden is what well, by the way he's also like ten times stronger than Jamal, but like the Rockets were very careful about the types of post players that that um, Harden would post against is they wouldn't just post him against anybody they wouldn't let him get a get a switch versus Jokic, you know they would make sure that he was matched up only versus guys whose offense was limited enough and the Nuggets instead have been like switching everything and some of that's on Jamal to call the switch. Jamal's got to let them let the other guy dictate that. And, and they did that a little bit better down the stretch, actually, of that Knicks game. And that's they Aaron Gordon wound up forcing a bad miss off of a um, Julius Randle post up. But that's going to have to be some of the things that they're going to need to clean up. MPJ, getting back to the central point here. Um, 
And it says MPJ's mindset on closing out shears is baffling. He doesn't try or sprints and gets a hand up. Nothing in between. Kind of true. Uh, the bigger thing here, though, is like MPJ is now really comfortable in the offense, and he's starting to really get more and more comfortable to being a three-level scorer. The Nuggets really need that. You can get one of the ways that this offense gets bogged down is when it becomes not two-dimensional, but not multi-dimensional. When it's, you know, Joker can throw to a wide-open stationary guy who's been helped off of or try and find a cutter underneath. And if you take away those two options with effective stunts, you're screwed. You got to have multi-layers. And part of that is going to have to be guys creating off the bounce. Jamal did it in the first quarter today, and MPJ did it for really every quarter of the game. And MPJ's ability to turn some of these possessions that are nothing into pluses is one of the biggest reasons why I kept saying, like, you can't trade him. When he was struggling two years ago, I maintain, like, you can't trade him because having guys that can convert low percentage opportunities at a high percentage level the way that MPJ can as a potential 50-40-90 shooter, those guys are too valuable. Like, those are the things that flip a playoff series, especially with the fact that MPJ is no longer going to be giving up so many points on the other end. Like, all the stuff I talked about with defense just now, bear in mind that that's all fixable. All the stuff we talk about with Jamal, that's all fixable. And I want to, like, I need to stress this and hammer this home as we kind of close this out because I think it's very important. When you think about the playoffs, don't think about game one, okay? You need to win it. Most teams that lose game one at home don't go on to win the series. But don't think about game one. You need to think about the Nuggets from the perspective of, are they going to be better in game five than they were in game one? And with as many options, weapons, and intelligence that they have, I don't know how you can think that they won't. If MBJ is getting picked on on these, you know, if he's if he's a step late on these rotations, if Jamal's getting picked on in switches, they'll get better about denying the switch, about making sure not to allow the switch. If MBJ's having trouble on these closeout situations, MBJ will just tighten that up and film. If Joker's having trouble in containment, because if you really look at the last two series the Nuggets have lost, it has gotten away from them so quickly because of the talent disparity. It was too late. Both the Sun series and the Warriors last year. Once the Warriors went up 2-0, that game, that series was over. They weren't getting out of that. They had to get one of two in Golden State, and they were never going to get that with how Golden State hit them up front because they didn't have counters. Like you had to have talent just to be able to win the field it out games, right? But over the course of a series, and I know that a lot of people are going to look at this and go, like, well, I mean, I'm pretty worried about this because Malone doesn't make any adjustments. That's not true. It's categorically not. If you want to go back to the Spurs series, Derek White was absolutely ripping Jamal to shreds. So he takes Jamal and he moves him off of Derek White. He puts Gary Harris on Derek White and adds Terry Cor- Tor- Torrey Craig in the rotation to get that over. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Malone's going to make the, ro- the adjustments as quickly as you want. But I do think that this team has the capacity to make the decisions and make the adjustments along with shooting variants to where I don't anticipate series getting away from them. Unless they totally melt down. I'm going to put a very big caveat on that. Unless this is like the 2014 Pacers and they just like until they just like lava flow into nothingness. But if like they stabilize themselves, and I think these two games in New York, honestly, and the, the game versus the Pistons included, were a good sign of them stabilizing it. I think it was there are ways for them to counter it. Um, Tyson says, Matt, our team's learning how to bother Jokic by fronting him and knowing he's passing and not shooting. Seems like some players are starting to. 
So actually, Tyson, I would tell you the Nets game was a really encouraging game for this reason. Aaron Gordon was like, screw you. I'm passing this. I'm making this lob. Like, the biggest problem with the front is not the lob that winds up getting intercepted. It's that it deters you from making the pass at all. And you're like, I don't want to turn it over. I don't feel confident in this pass. Let me rotate this to the other side and somebody else can figure this out. Can't do that. And Aaron versus the Nets was like, lob, 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 lob. And they got it because Jokic has great hands. And the rotations on the other side for the front, for the double, on the back side of the front, were late. Now in the playoffs, those may be quicker. But those are situations you want Joker to pass. If they're going to bring that extra help guy, then you want him to pass because you don't want him trying to hit, like make the, a tough catch and then try and finish over a, a taller defender. That's why they're bringing that other center, the center off to bring help over to contest, right? There are so many ways to counter it. The Nuggets will figure it out over the course of a series. Like this is one of the things is it's not just about if you want to say like, yeah, but they keep having problems with the same thing. They keep having problems with the same thing versus different personnel. But when you're facing the same personnel, you get the rhythm down. You get the, you know where they are, how slow they are. This is what happened versus Nurkic in that Portland series. Is not only did Joker dominate Nurkic from the start, he got better at Yusuf as the series went on. Uh, so, Ravon makes a good point here. AG has an advantage too, being as big as he is for making that high pass. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That's the whole thing. Is like there are so many options for them to be able to counter this. And that's like a really important thing to remember that the nuggets are probably going to get better as a series goes on because they have a lot more counters to things than other teams do. A lot of what I'll, I, I wind up when I'm covering a series, I'm always looking for the moment where the team has the checkmate move, which is they don't have another counter. By game six, you're out of them. You really are. By game six, you're out of counters. You don't have anything else. It's basically game six and game seven are just like shooting variants, right? Who's got the last counter? You want to have the last counter. And with Denver's ability to leverage its offensive weapons, and with, I'll say this too, like I've been hard on Bruce because I have high standards for Bruce Brown. I think he's a really impactful player. Bruce Brown's playoffs may be phenomenal. Zeke Naji's playoffs may be phenomenal. Christian Brown's playoffs may be phenomenal. In CT's head, Christian Brown and, and Zeke and Vlacos playoffs will be phenomenal. So, like, all these guys can have their moments, and, and guys will have series that are bad for him. Aaron Gordon's going to have a series where it's a bad matchup for him. Um, I don't know that, that Nicola can have one because he's too vital to their success. Jamal's going to have one. And I'll tell you this, like, there's a lot of pressure and I understand it given the expectations this season, but I would very much stress to you if Jamal has a bad series in round one or round two, but they make it through, if they make it through, don't give up on him because every series is different and you can absolutely be the difference in the next series. Uh, Looking at some more questions from the, the chat here. Uh, Tyson says, Matt, remind the crowd that three years ago we lost against the Mavs and we're in a bad place, and then COVID, and then we went to the Western Conference Finals. I always remember the, the Clippers game, you know? They're soft. That was the thing. It's like they weren't made for the playoffs. And and then they, they were. They were the most mentally tough team. So, um, 
Uh, but I will tell you this, like <laughs> if you really want this, you should want this team to do well. This team has a real chance to make a run. And then I think they're normalizing. I think they're stabilizing. We'll see what happens in the Washington game. I think they're stabilizing. You're going to need Jamal Murray. So all the comments from people that have been like ripping him to shreds, Jamal's gone through a lot this season. He's battling when his body is not in a great place for his first full season of basketball in two years. And he's battling and he's still having really good moments. Don't give up on Jamal Murray. Don't give up on MPJ. Don't give up on Aaron Gordon. Don't give up on KCP. The team is worth your investment. They're, they're, it's worth your belief. I would tell you if they weren't. I would tell you if they were unserious. The Atlanta Hawks were unserious. Unserious team, that is. All right. Let's go wrap it up for Monday's edition of Locked on Nuggets. I'm probably going to be back on Monday afternoon and get you guys another episode tomorrow with some more thoughts on um, some data points and projected matchups, as well as a look at the Western Conference playoff series uh, and playoff picture, how it's shaping up. Decent chance, actually, if you want to know how this goes. Sure, the Nuggets might face the Lakers or the Warriors. They might face the Thunder in the first round, and that actually might be a little bit of a scary series. I'll talk about that some more tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNuggets. Make sure to follow Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. I'm on Twitter at HP Basketball. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.